I'm Melanie Brown and I lead Insights and Data for North America for Utilities. I am a Vice President and have been with Capgemini for four years now. Hi, Melanie. It's great to have you on our podcast on Her Story, where we will be talking about your career evolution and your personal journey. My name is Jennifer Okimoto. I'm a director in Capgemini's North America Insights and Data Business. I'm really excited to be speaking with you today. Shall we begin? Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. What was your first job? Uh, my first job was actually hand washing big 18 wheelers. And I was all of 12 years old and I wanted to earn some extra monies. But from that, a next job that I had that took me into high school is I worked for a retailer in the area and I was a clerk, but that was what I did prior to joining the military after high school. And you just mentioned the military. Can you further trace your journey for us? I am a a first graduate of my family out of college. So I was working three jobs at the time to pay for college. And I uh, finally just exhausted and so forth. Uh, My aunt suggested for me to join the military because they had educational benefits. So I ran to the recruiters at the Air Force and uh, they said, sure, join us, as they do. And I did, but I was plugged in for just a general job at the time. But during my... um, basic camps where you your training camp they tested me for language and that's when I was pulled out from just being in the general job sector to actually being placed in military intelligence and so I did that for six years and because I was in military intelligence and I traveled over 300 days a year and from there I actually requested to go to school, but they did not approve it. And of course, this is at a time when you you didn't have online classes. Now they do. So that's very different. And so I was not authorized to do that. And then when I got out, I applied to the University of Texas. And that's when I um, left California, came to Texas is where I reside today. Wonderful. So sounds like intelligence was the start of your data journey. (laughs) It was. Um, So interestingly enough, when I was attending the University of Texas, I earned my degree in chemistry and also have a minor in mathematics, as well as I also did computer programming. It's a bit of a Z effect. I get that, but it actually all ties together to that. Wonderful. Tell me about the the beginning of your, your experiences in business. Um, I was working actually for a lab and they decided to close their doors and laid everybody off. And I decided that temporarily until I found another job, I would just do consulting on the side. What I did is I learned without realizing it that I had an entrepreneurial spirit and I actually could build a business. So what I started was consulting to do one or two until I found a job and I actually built a business during that temporary phase. And next thing I knew, I had 10 employees. And the next thing I knew, I had, uh, you know, 100 clients. Wow. Wow. You've mentioned the concept of a Z effect. Can you just describe what does that mean for our listeners? A Z effect is, let me try this. Let me go this way, that way. Let me use what I know. Well, that's not working. That's okay. Let me zip over here and try that. Now, you can't do that forever. 
but you ultimately you can settle in where you find that out. For example, I got into medical school and I was running one day and a car lost control, came across two lanes spinning 360 degrees, struck me doing 40 miles an hour. I was thrown 80 feet. I was taken for dead. I was lifelighted at the hospital. I lost my position in medical school, which is highly competitive. That was no longer an option for me. I had to take a road of recovery. I had to reevaluate things. And so you can also get hit with these curveballs. But what you do with that, how you respond to that is very, very different. So that becomes part of that Z effect. Wow. Thank you. You have talked about your role in the military, influence and impact it had on you. And you also play a role here with some of our former military colleagues. Can you speak a little bit about that? The military was so rewarding and it was a great opportunity. I often view that if I had not joined the military, I would probably still be in my small hometown and may have done well. I don't know, but I would not have seen the world. And it's really important because how things work out. I was pulled into this job in military intelligence, which afforded me the opportunity to travel around the world on any given days. So that at a young age, that shaped me to know the importance of diversity and having a more global and worldly outlook that I bring forward every day, that I try to have that understanding every day and know the importance. And part of it is then sharing the experiences. And when I joined Capgemini and I saw that they had a group called Verge for veterans, I joined immediately. There were really great moments and they, they taught me some really lifelong lessons that I will hold forever. Wow. Tell us a little more about what it is about your field that you you really love. So what I like is that I can really examine how a business is operating, look at the processes, look at how they're doing it, and then flip that to how they can be better and bringing those solutions to them. And when that happens, it's actually magic. You bring in a great team, you have diversity of thought, inclusivity of of different ways and shift that mindset of one way to do a business and change it dynamically into another way and see that happen and see that evolve and see how the company thrives in that and employees are happier with their environment and things that you've done to help initiate that. Uh, There's nothing like it. Wonderful. Why do you think someone should pursue a career in data and AI? Um, so data is just a very powerful tool. It's all often underplayed, I can say. It's often thought of as just messy stuff, and I'll get to data later, but I really want to know more about artificial intelligence. Well, yeah, you don't get there without the data. Um, it's all about the data. So you need to have that to drive the, the results, but I think that that's part of it, and it could be a very rewarding career. And even if, even if it's not the field you graduate with, you might have graduated as a mechanical engineer, you might have graduated as a chemist or, or some other field, it is still a very interesting field that is emerging. It's not going away. It is constantly innovative and growing. So if you like that and you like to change, you like the power of change and moving forward in a fascinating way, 
then this is a great field to do that in because the roads are endless. Nice. What do you think it takes to succeed in our world in insights and data? Being successful in our business is having an entrepreneurial spirit, have listening. Uh, don't don't speak over others, whether it's in your team, with your client or others. Don't be a passenger, be the driver. And what I mean by that is not owning a task. Don't wait to be told what to do. Don't just own a task, but own the results and mm-hmm. own that, that component that you are, whatever you're assigned to, that you can make it what it is or more. And our success is then driven from, yes, delivering what we've set out to do, but what differentiates us is making it um, a sustainable solution that drives value back to the client. So being competent, having compassion and understanding, being a good communicator and having good chemistry, having those personal chemistry connections, they are uh, game-changing. And that makes us successful as not only win our career in whether it's in data and, and analytics, but also throughout uh, consulting in general, as we be- emerge as leaders in our fields. Wonderful. Melanie, you mentioned that you are the first graduate in your family. What motivated you or who played a great influence in your life or inspired you? Uh, the greatest influence on me and my passion for education, it actually comes from my grandmother. Uh, So during my grandmother's time, uh, women had a place in the home. Uh, She also would have none of it. (laughs) Her father encouraged her to go to business school and and not be more in a traditional role, which was a struggle for her because it was not accepted readily. But she ultimately, uh, she started a business with my grandfather. She taught me that women can be anything. And she was absolutely brilliant in mathematics. So when I started learning, uh, it was my grandmother who taught me how just to constantly do uh, math. And and then of course, in college, um, having a minor in it, she was the one that gave me the courage to to step out, even if you are being pushed back, even if you are being told no, even if this is what you want to do, have the perseverance and the courage and the boldness to move forward with what you want to do and what you love to do. Nice. Nice. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone starting out in our field, um, especially young women who might be listening today? So... It's such an interesting question. Uh, If we think about anybody just starting in their career, it's always important uh, to learn from others, to ask, be fearless, and ask a lot of questions. Um, Just constantly look at things and then propose. Be sure to, to share what your experiences are. Is there something better? Don't wait for somebody to come to you. You'll have to take the lead, be the driver of not only your career, but what it is you want to do, how you want to contribute and have the perseverance and have the fortitude to move, constantly move and advance your career forward. And that comes through asking good questions, reading a lot, being informed, working with your your team, uh, learning through them and they learn through you, having the dynamic experience and um, be disciplined in your field. And then there's many, many opportunities from there. Nice. Nice. Thank you. 
Can you share with us some of your thoughts about what it takes to be a great leader? Being a leader, in my view, is opening up those opportunities for others, helping them to achieve what their aspirations are, opening those pathways that'll help them do what they like to do. And if it's not on my team, uh, then let's find a place that it does happen for you. So I think being a good leader, making that significant difference for others, and you build this leader of leader mindset, you allow the emergence of thoughts and others' views so that they can take on that role. Is there any decision or choice you have made that um, you felt was not right? And what did you learn from that decision and how did you overcome Well, I'd like to say there are either none or one, but there have been many, but I look at them more as a a learning experience. You absolutely need a mentor. And why I say that is many of my bad decisions, I don't know bad, many of my my choices that probably didn't have the outcome that I would have liked is uh, due to just not having good guidance, not having good coaching, not, um, and then the more that you are told to, to just do what you're told, the more reluctant you are to share. Like, this is what I'd like to do because you're to- being told that, well, you're wrong. Um, I should not have let those influence me so early on. that, And then I stayed in areas where I was being told, I said, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do, even though I didn't want to. Mm. Uh, it was a job and then it's like, fine, I'll just do this. So I would say those decisions that I made is because I didn't seek out or didn't know. I just was naive or, or just didn't realize how important it is to have a good mentor and have a good coach. If And it can come from anywhere. It could be from your family. It can be from uh, external or others. So if the first mentor is not working for you, that's okay. Uh, then find somebody else. And it's not somebody that you want that will just agree with you. You want somebody that will push you and challenge your thinking of things and draw out how you may be thinking about something. Um, I really, I really appreciate that answer. That famous term, work-life balance, how do you make that work? I think it's like a scale. And I think there'll be times when you hit equilibrium, which is fantastic. The work is balanced out, but there'll be times when, no, you need to drop everything to be with your family. So it's going to be the scale will be tilted the other way. And other times, no, it's just I need my family to understand that this is a really important project or something I'm working on. It's not forever, but I just need to dedicate more time to it now. But I will say one thing that keeps down um, uh, that gives the balance is always um, mind, body and spirit. Nice. Nice. I am going to read a quote to you. It's by uh, Wojcicki. She's the CEO of YouTube. And I'd like to, uh, as you listen to it, think about how it resonates with you. So Susan has been quoted saying, rarely are opportunities presented to you in a perfect way, in a nice little box with a yellow bow on top. Here, open it. It's perfect. You'll love it. Opportunities, the good ones, are messy, confusing, and hard to recognize. They're risky. They challenge you. How do you react to that quote? It just comes back to, absolutely, it is messy. Those are the best things that come that really present themselves. So many times we often want things to have 
the all the things we're talking about is what assignment I want it perfect I want to do this and it needs to be this but that's not the real challenge that's not challenging your mind that if it's all given to you uh, then it makes me question what is my real contribution that means anybody could do it if it's all just handed to me that means anybody could do it with some of the same skills but what what difference am I making what is my contribution? How is that meaningful and purposeful? So mm-hmm. I could not agree more that opportunities are not there. And even if they do come, sometimes you are derailed. Sometimes things change. So it does get messy and it can be good. But but dive in. Take that opportunity. Is that, yeah, it's it absolutely. And those are not the ones you should go after. Those ni- nice, neat, clean ones. Take on those challenges. And that's where you'll rise above it. Because that's when you'll be have more visibility. That's when you'll be able to take on and present your story in a different way is by rolling up your sleeves, getting in there, making that difference, and then sharing that story. Well, there you go. Thank you, Melanie. This was great. It was a wonderful conversation. And uh, thanks so much. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for another Her Story. We hope you enjoyed learning about Melanie. Uh, We look forward to you joining our next podcast.